This is almost 100%. I'm the guy from it, for it, and by it. This week we got a gem for you. This stand-up comic named Jay Yoder, also an educator by trade, uh, other trade, uh, and most importantly, a father. He has his own podcast. He's a co-host with uh, another comic named Albert Davis. It's called Seriously Dad. And uh, I suggest you check that out. If you can check him out live, uh, check out his dates. Just search his name and check out his Instagram and all that. So here he is, Jay Yoder. All right, so I'm here with Jay Yoder. Uh, stand-up comedian Jay, thank you uh, for carving out some time for me. Coming I'm down excited. Here. This is great. Um, always love to talk to comedians. Um, I'm a open micer starting out, um, so this is as much for me as any of the listeners. <laughs> yeah, no, that's amazing. I mean, that's how we all start, right? I mean, yeah. that's and I'm sort of an accelerated exception case, I think, to that equation, which has been crazy for me. You yeah. know, yeah. So that's been a lot of fun. So, how did you uh, get into comedy? Yeah, I mean, I think I was always, I did a lot of acting. My mom uh, had me in stuff from the get-go, you know, always working. She was, you know, put herself back through nursing school. So I think it was kind of like a natural babysitter was let's throw him as many things as possible. So yeah. I did some acting and I even did like tap and like jazz mm-hmm. and like like literally anything I would try. And I did a lot of theater, uh, but I never thought about stand-up. I I would do like funny things to make mm-hmm. friends because we moved so much. I went to like six or seven different schools as a kid. Yeah. So you got to fit in. Right. And so you just make people laugh as like a natural sure. tension breaker or whatever. So I think I did that. I, my first, my I'm wearing this shirt to does Matt Foley on it because <laughs> yes. yeah. that was Chris sort Foley. of my breakthrough thing. So in college, like when we would have parties and, you know, you get a little tipsy, I'd start yeah. doing the Matt Foley voice. <laughs> and that was like sort of my thing. Yeah. And yeah. so for a faculty talent show at the school, I teach at a couple years back i somebody came up to me because they had heard me do it one time and they're like oh we should do that for this this talent show i'm yeah. like you mean i should do that for yeah. the talent show yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like well i'll direct or whatever and uh we did it and i didn't think the kids were gonna get it yeah and they loved it that's awesome. like it was and it was so much fun for me i actually yeah. bruised my ribs because i went for the table <laughs> jump <laughs> and the mic pack was in there and i and i hit on the styrofoam oh table we had but yeah. i just happened to hit it on the leg oh so, uh, but yeah, so I was like, you know, I just love making people laugh and that mm-hmm. doing that skit. And then, you know, flash forward to the pandemic, you know, my wife and I, our favorite thing was to go to comedy clubs as mm-hmm. a date. Yeah. Our last date, uh, right before the shutdown was Valentine's day in February mm-hmm. of that year. And we went to soldiers inside because yeah. it was so close to our house. Yeah. And then, uh, and then all of a sudden the world shut down and right. we weren't laughing. You know, we like, it was just, we were having impractical jokers on the TV just so that we had something in the background Some for brevity. Or, yeah. It's yeah. like, you know, I had daughters, you know, I have two young daughters. They were like four and seven at the time. Oh, wow. And like my oldest is autistic. And mm-hmm. so she was just getting to school age. We we're just getting the socialization. And then all yeah. of a sudden, all of that was, you can't read social features. You can't read facial features anymore because of the mask. You got to stay away from people. All wow, the things yeah. we've been trying to encourage her yeah. to do so we were just a lot very stressed and uh soul joel had started doing this open mic my mom lived with us so we had somebody in our bubble Mm -hmm. and so i was like well let's go down on tuesday nights and just hang out yeah and we did and we just went for probably about a month or so and i and i said to her i'm like i think i could do this 
And she's like, prove it. And so uh, <laughs> we did. And that's that's sort of how it got started. I would just sold Jules and I said, hey, if you're going to do one, do 100. Mm-hmm. And so I set a goal. First year, do 100 open mics. And then I'd read a couple books. I'd read a book uh, by a guy named Stephen Rosenfield that was like mastering stand-up. Mm-hmm. Read it cover to cover. Read another book, uh, the Comedy Bible. And then just started doing the exercises mm-hmm. and kind of naturally took off. And it's crazy. That's awesome. So you started at... Uh uh, during the pandemic during the pandemic That's yeah amazing. i started right after it was like sort of a new year's resolution as like i think it is for a lot of people yeah um but i meant it yeah, <laughs> i was very yeah. serious about it and i you know every week i would write a new it was supposed to be four minutes mm-hmm. but i'll never forget my first time because i probably wrote what would have been 10 minutes of normal stand-up and uh-huh. tried to shove it into four minutes right they're like i think you probably were funny but we couldn't understand because you were moving so fast you know because you just get so much do you think this is funny you don't think and I'm like let me go get a new shiny joke to tell you maybe you like that and you didn't give him I didn't give him any time Mm -hmm. to just enjoy it it. and it was just you're so nervous you're so nervous that because it's like a singer songwriter like I was an actor fine Matt Foley I'm repeating lines that he's something actually Bob Bob Odenkirk Odenkirk wrote that bit yeah Yeah. so I'm like and I'm like, oh man, but this is me. Like, this is my. The, if they don't laugh, that means that they're, you know, that that's there's something they don't like vulnerability yeah. about that that yeah. is so intense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and you I see just, it at every open mic. Oh yeah. my goodness, yeah, yeah, everybody wants that, but I just, I, you could tell I, when I got off. Even even Joel came up to me, who owns the club, Joel Richardson, and he was like. That was your first time? He's like, he's like, you have some the stage presence. You could tell. Like, yeah, I've been in, I do five shows a day in front of kids, yeah, you know, for 18 years. Right. So there was a presence that I had that mm-hmm. most of them didn't have. And that was, you know, just little people making those little comments or right. other comics coming up that, because it was just me and my wife on the side. I was like the old dude. You yeah. Know, I'm 30. I was 38 years old at the time. Yeah. Like, I'm 39. So yeah. Just like, starting. Yeah. So, so yeah. it's like, who, you know, that's so crazy. I mm-hmm. was just the old guy on the side. Yeah. But then naturally, everybody it just became this camaraderie and this community and i love uh, the hangman it's i have so many friends now like really close friends that just naturally met through doing stand-up yeah it's amazing every time i go to a mic i meet somebody new and awesome you know what i mean and from all and i appreciate it all i love it all even the stuff that i couldn't tell the jokes that i couldn't tell the jokes that and sometimes i'll write those jokes even Mm -hmm. though i can't tell them and (laughs) you know or if i'm at the right you know if you're at like bar 13 in delaware which is a great place and i'm bummed there yeah so i (laughs) love there (laughs) i've loved doing that place it's a cool place and then i can i have enough license and they see me as this clean cut clean guy that every once in a while i'll throw it's in there yeah i'll throw them a bone just they won't see coming and now it kind of adds a spice that they didn't see coming that's it's fun you know it's just cool it's like being an artist help picasso painted a bowl of fruit like i mean yeah you know so (laughs) it's like it's like that kind of know his name yeah yeah but um uh what was i gonna say um so like uh, like I said, I'm 39, just starting since August, and uh, I my first open mic I did in my mid 20s, and um, I did it at the Laugh House. Oh my goodness, which is no longer there. Anymore. Yeah, well, that's where Kevin Hart, Kevin started Hart, Toure, and all uh, that. Kurt Metzger, Big J Okerson, yeah, Mike Vecchione. Um, that was my first open mic, I, I, and there's this dude named I've said this on the podcast before, so sorry, listeners, but. Um, have you ever heard of the legendary Wid? Yes, yes, the he, prop guy. Yeah, he was yeah. The, yeah, he was the host of that, Mike. Oh. And 
Um, I, I, it came in, this popped in my head because you're talking about working clean, but yeah, I, my first jokes were just what me and my buddies laughed at the most, the worst things that you shouldn't say. Absolutely. So I had a, I won't repeat it. I've said it before on the podcast, but just very vulgar. And I think at that Mike, because you know, it was a legit club. You only got three minutes or something. That's about right. Uh, I was on on stage like a, a minute, maybe. <laughs> I hit the punchline. I hear from the crowd, "Pervert!" And uh, the all the all of a sudden, there's a hand grabbing the mic, and he's like, "Oh, too much, too soon. They you know, come back next." <laughs> Oh my goodness! Really? That was they, my first open hook? mic. Oh my goodness! Yeah, right after the punchline. <laughs> right, that's so funny. So, that's, uh, well, less, that's a good story to have. Lesson learned. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, right. And then you're like, okay, 19 year hiatus. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. No, truly. <laughs> I'm gonna go and, uh, half my life. I'm gonna go yeah. like double life. That's it was that's crazy. I, I, I'd never even occurred to me to think or go to an open mic. I wish you know. And I always say that. I think a lot of comics that start later like say that. Like, but I have said that so many times to friends of mine. I'm like. Like, oh, I see a kid that's 18 yeah. up there, and I'm like, oh, or I'll hear some, her, see or somebody start like Chappelle started, like yeah. his mom yeah. was taking him to clubs. They, yeah, you had to wait in the kitchen. But the benefit, <laughs> yeah, right. The be- the benefit is I've lived, I live, I've lived a life. I've lived yeah. a non-comic yes. life. Yes. Um, and I have a crazy life, so mm. I have just so much that I haven't even scratched the a surface well. of yeah. yet. Yeah. That, and I didn't even write teacher material, so now I'm on this big national teacher tour that yeah. like fell which in is my awesome. lap. We have to which get is into that. Yeah. Insane. But yeah. like prior to that, I, I got into doing this because I needed a break mm-hmm. from education. I was lighting myself on fire to keep everybody warm, mm-hmm. and I wasn't taking care of myself, right. and I wasn't I wasn't myself. Something snapped yeah. in me that like just wasn't right about me and mm-hmm. everybody could sense that my family everybody you know and so this saved my life this for without a doubt saved my life saved my family's life we're we're in such an amazing place right now that's great uh it's tough because i'm out I'm, I'm out seven days a week yeah. I'm, I'm dedicated to, yeah, seem to real busy <laughs> to what i'm doing yeah, and half, awesome, half of is it good. is not even like working like mm-hmm. you know i've been fortunate to be getting paid now but like yeah Monday nights, I'm driving an hour yeah. and 15 minutes to Lancaster, or I'm driving mm-hmm. to Philly to do three minutes of punchline, yeah. or, you know, you're putting in the work, getting in the dojo, yeah. reps, you know, doing, reps. doing the reps mm-hmm. and just writing, 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 and, yeah. you know, doing all of the things that you're supposed to do, building a social media presence, making yeah. reels, like, yeah. and I'm, but I'm loving it. And mm-hmm. so I put so much passion and education for 18 years, and it felt a little like since the pandemic, a little unrequited love. And mm-hmm. uh, now I can, uh, now because I've been doing that so long, a lot of that's muscle memory. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to spend hours after, and I've been doing elementary, which is a lot easier in mm-hmm. terms of grading and things like that. So I don't mm-hmm. have a ton of overhead that's, yeah, that would have weighed me down. Uh, so I have a lot of time so I can come home and be a dad right after school and then about the time they're settling down from dinner it's time to go out somewhere so i just set some goals for myself early on Mm -hmm. that was the best advice i was given so i just did the 100 goals which i crushed in like eight months yeah eight months i killed it in eight months i think i did like 160 mics my first year as a matter of fact i recorded every set either audio or video if i could Mm -hmm. And then, um, like a football player. Yes. And I write everything out. I write everything, you know, it starts as like a little digital post-it note and then I turn it into a Google doc and, Mm -hmm. uh, and just did a lot of that stuff and took some, took some online, took an online course through what was called the American comedy Institute. Mm Mm-hmm. 
um, a guy named Stephen, Ro- the book that I read, mm-hmm. the mastering standup. And so I met, he, he offered a really cool option. I mean, a lot of clubs offer an option, but his option offered one-on-one writing sessions with him. Wow. So, and the fee was pretty nominal. It was like yeah. 300 bucks or something, something like that. And you yeah. basically did a two week thing where you get like two one-on-one writing sessions with him. And then you get three group classes, which were all on zoom then cause nothing was open. Mm. And uh, you got to run through your set, get feedback, hear the other 10 people in the class and get th- hear their feedback. And then you got a virtual show at the end of Zoom show. Oh, that's cool. And then when things opened up, I actually got to go in at the Gotham or I think oh, we're at Westside or Gotham and yeah. got to do a spot uh, awesome. there and their yeah. showcase for the graduation. So those kind of things. And he had said something to me, kind of like, you know, Joel pulled me aside. It was like these little moments where I'm like, is this just like Sunday softball that I'm doing here? Yeah. Like, is this just a hobby? Yeah. Like, am I, my bowling with the guys on Tuesday night and he made a comment he's worked with Jim Gaffigan Lena Dunham like he just just Kearson who's Mm -hmm. killing it right now Mm -hmm. and he said he's like I don't know what your plans are but this will go as far as you want it to go that's great to hear he said that (laughs) this is a guy I just went on Amazon and said stand up yeah and his book popped up and I just arbitrarily read it right it's funny and then I yeah and I met somebody online who was taking his course and sent me the video of what it was like and I was like oh let me do that I did that and and now, actually, I just, uh, I'm actually going to be working for him. I'm going to be his director of operations. For Joel? For, uh, no, for the Stephen Rosenfield, oh, the guy, I'm sorry. The guy I'm in sorry. New York. Yeah, yeah. So I started, uh, so I'm going to be his kind of personal assistant That's for this, awesome, you know, man. starting this summer. To, yeah. So I'm going to get to go up to New York and run his Gotham show every month. And so it's helping yeah. me break into a new realm of no, getting yeah. in New York, which That's is lovely, pretty yeah. exciting. Which is a huge market, obviously. Yeah. So just to be yeah. around it, just to be, you know, you want to be where everybody's playing ball. You want to mm-hmm. be on the courts where the big guys are. Yeah. So going down to punch and seeing the amazing people we have here in Philly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Helium. I did Helium's mic recently. I did Philly's Funniest last year. Nice. You know, just getting them. Everybody's so cool. So now it's like, well, we're so close to New York. Why can't I also yeah. pop up there and, yeah. you know, and, and just set those goals? You know, that's the other thing. If anybody else is listening, I, I even put goals of like host an open mic in my calendar. Mm-hmm. Like, and I did it, you know, or, or get my first show. And every time I did that, I crushed it. Like when I look back at it, like I had done 10 hosting open mics by the time that that calendar date came up. That's awesome. I think it's amazing what that like, you know, people talk about like vision boards and things like that. Right. I'm telling you, man, you you just like anything you, you write it down, you put it into existence. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like when you're, I rode a motorcycle for one month when I was having a midlife crisis (laughs) a few years ago Uh and they teach you that like, you know, if you look at that tree, you're going to go into that yeah, tree yeah. and that's the truth. But right. if you focus on the path ahead and where you could be in the mm-hmm. destination, then I think that's You'll also true. Probably get there. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, so, um, so do you write, I have to, at my stage, write word for word, you know, the, before I do it, a joke the first time, um, almost like a script memorize, like hundred percent. And then you can dance on state yeah yeah i think um, yeah so for me the process was you know if i had an idea i i, I thought of it like uh michelangelo like i would just write it all out without trying to be funny whatever the story was write the whole thing out then it's like a black of marble now so mm-hmm. you're like, okay now i gotta start chipping away mm-hmm. and thinking about well what's funny about this and then it's kind of this process of like mm-hmm. well what do i think's funny you know what do i think what's relatable about it what do i want other people to think about it and then you just kind of go through it and if you're like every line if i see a second line and i haven't gotten to a punchline or i haven't gotten to a joke then i know i gotta insert something i gotta right right and so it's just this process and then 
once I thought I had four minutes for that week's mic or whatever, then I then the, the hard part. Here's the thing that I did that I think I would do differently now is I would memorize that piece, mm-hmm. right? But I don't. You know, some people say they used to do index cards like yeah. Rodney Dangerfield and things like yeah. that because they're like, why am I going to commit it to memory if I don't know if it's funny? Right. Well, that's a good point. Uh, but I think for where we're at and where I was at then, mm-hmm. it, it was fine. Like I wrote out the script, sure. memorized it word for word, mm-hmm. and then I would audio record myself, one for the timing, mm-hmm. but two just for the practice and to kind of listen back. Yep. Um, so then that way I knew if I was in the four minutes, but mm-hmm. it's hard cause you don't realize like the adrenaline you're going to have yeah. or the, if there is laughter, having right. to not step on laughs. Yep. Um, it's like, if there's laughter, that was yeah. like, that was always like, <laughs> yeah. is there going to be laughter? <laughs> but yeah, I, I had to write it out. I would mm-hmm. audio record it for myself a mm-hmm. bunch of times. And then now what I do like before a show or before anything, I just sit down before the show and I just write bullet points mm-hmm. out for myself because then it's just my brain it's remembering like a, the uh, order, the set right, list of it. keyword or... Yeah, just a keyword that's mm-hmm. going to... You know, and that's so. I ha- if I carry a hard notebook with me, if you ever see me, it's that's not where I write the jokes out because I write yeah. them all digitally. I'm yeah. full digital. Like I yeah, go, Google Keep is where, where the crazy ideas go because I can use the <laughs> labeling feature to like put what category premise or whatever it's under. Yeah, and then that, and then from there I'll roll it into a. I have a, a Google Doc, and then I just use the headers so that I can pull out the document outline and see it all. Mm-hmm. And then that's where I write it all out and work it all out. Yeah, um, and then I have then I. Uh, use Trello, uh, which is sort of like a storyboarding kind okay. of app. Mm-hmm. So then I can put the set list there and you could easily maneuver Manipulate. and like, so as I'm watching the crowd, as yeah. I get to the venue and I'm kind of looking at the crowd, I'm looking at what the comics in front of me are doing, then I can kind of, rearrange. you know, re- yeah, rearrange yeah, yeah. digitally. Um, you know, those kind of pieces too. And so, yeah, that's been my process of mm-hmm. trying to like use all digital, but then I carry a notebook now cause then it helps me. I like, sometimes yeah. I like to brain map things. That's sure. a good one that I know Jim Gaffigan and some of those do where they mm-hmm. write the thing and then they brainstorm out from there. Yeah. 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 So I think, yeah, it's fun. I mean, I think you got to find a process that works for the thing that Everybody. you're going to do. Cause if yeah. you're, you know, it's gotta be yeah. something that works for you, but right. yeah, that, but I memorized the whole thing. I would recite it, recite it, recite it. And, uh, and then eventually I I would hear all of these people talk about writing on stage, right? This concept of writing on stage. I was a a guest, uh, in here from, uh, Elmwood Park, New Jersey. His name's Anthony Crescenzo, uh, a comedian. Um, and he, he said, uh, he only writes on stage and I'm like, how the fuck? Well, I think, I think you, I think it's like one of those things. I think at first, I don't think it's something you can do right off the bat. And I think maybe there are some people that are just that talented that could. Um, but now, now what happens is I go, I can go in with a premise, uh, especially if it's a place you're comfortable with. If Mm -hmm. it's a mic, you're at a lot because they'll give you the latitude. Yeah. And, uh, and that's what hosting mics for me, mm-hmm. the sooner I started hosting mics, I yeah. remember the first time somebody, this guy, Cisco Hernandez, who runs a lot of shows in like Phoenixville area, mm-hmm. he had asked me, he was doing a Monday mic and I used to go to, this was, that was the second mic I ever found that was in my area. So yeah. I'd start going to that. And, um, the guy, Steve Bickle, who's an amazing affiliate comedian was hosting it. And I was in awe because it was just so fun. It was fun to go. When you have a good host at an open mic, you can stay and watch. Cause like, you know, even if that comic bomb, it's going to be fun to see what they do They'll in 30 seconds right. after. Mm-hmm. And he was so good at it. Well, he couldn't come. His wife was pregnant at the time. And so he had to start and he was coming from Philly to do yeah. this. Yeah. 
and uh, he couldn't make it one week. And Cisco's like, "Oh, you want to do it?" And I panicked. I was like, "I can't. I need like seven weeks to prepare." Yeah, like, yeah. And now, like, if somebody asked me to host him, like, I wouldn't even think. It's just so funny. Just, yeah. how it's, it's like anything. He's like teaching. Like any anything you have to do, where you have to dedicate time, an instrument, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just a funny to see how that evolves because I, yeah. I was like, I can't do this. I got to prepare. I got to write all my stuff out. And uh, but over time, I started realizing like, oh, wow, like I was able to listen to this comics three or four minute set, find something in it and then find something funny to say in 30 seconds or Mm -hmm. less. And then it became this thing. And it was just so fun. And it helped me build that muscle of like kind of like an improv or quick writing skill Mm -hmm. that I think you need. You Mm -hmm. need to do that. Uh, People like Dave Premiano and Dan DePriel, they have a podcast called The Weekday Comics. Okay. And the premise is that they're like Dave Premiano had been doing a lot of like headline writing. He'd go to the headlines and every week at the open mic, he would read off jokes he made kind of like he was writing for The Tonight Show kind of thing. Right, right. And it was so funny that he kept doing, he was putting them on TikTok and then they created a podcast on him and Dan DePriel every week on Tuesdays. That's what they do. That's they just, they and so that, and those, those guys are such strong writers mm-hmm. that like, I just gravitated towards them when yeah. I first started. Cause they've been doing it for like a decade each. Yeah. And like, even like Dan was out in LA before the pandemic and yeah. Dave Premiano has been in like the Jersey Philly scene for yeah. years. Yeah. And so just watching them and then having them like be willing to talk to me or, Hey, you should think about this or, Hey, why don't you throw this tag in yeah. here? And you That's just, priceless. you just get to see how their brains work. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like anything. It's like, you're learning a process. Like, Oh, I w- if you handed me a guitar right now, I wouldn't know what to do mm-hmm. with it. But like you sit me down or, you know, someone that plays the guitar tells you to do something differently with your fingers over time. If you do just, it enough, yeah. you build up the calluses, you know what it is. And sure. it's the same thing. So yeah, it's uh, it's just, it's it's so it's yeah it's just a process and it's so much fun yeah it is it is um so how much time do you do uh when you host like you, um, obviously you do some up front do you do some yes <laughs> if anybody's listening that knows me they roast me so bad for this <laughs> but like when i first was getting it i was just so excited and i wanted to keep the show going yeah that sometimes i would do bits in between and it's bad form and it's a faux pas why you feel like you're taking time from well because you're yeah well yeah because the the philosophy is like you shouldn't you know as i talk to more people that i respected like steve and some of those people that i saw that did really good hosting jobs the goal is to do as much or less time than they're allowed up front yeah uh get the crowd roll and that's your job yeah uh which is hard because you can't really work on your jokes then right you You have have to to do stuff that's tried tried and true you have to get the crowd going Mm -hmm. so uh, then when something somebody would hit a keyword in their set. Now mm-hmm. here's the thing: I always tied it in. I never went up and did a bit that had nothing to do. But I would hear a keyword. My brain sure. works like that. I'm yeah. like, okay, let me. This is a great time for let me try this premise. Right. And it, it was self serving. But you know what? Hey, it was a it's, Monday. It was yeah. a Monday. Mike at Great yeah. American <laughs> Pub in Phoenixville. Right. 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 And there were real people in the audience. Yeah. It wasn't just a group of comics. And yeah. it was getting laughs. People were having a fun time. That's all that matters. So I won't. I won't ever feel bad about it. Yeah. But it is a faux pas that yeah. I did. And so they roast me about it every once in a while, and that's fine. Yeah. But I was looking for the time. You know, mm-hmm. I was so like. But in in you're re- building that and, an act just like everybody else. Exactly. But and, I, I totally and that was understand. My time to yeah. like try something out that I didn't want to do up front. In the host. And I think they all understood that because sure. they all come to my mic and we have a good day. time. Yeah. But that's the faux pas of like Joe. You should be under 15 20 30 seconds max yeah just to transition right and you know give them time reset. to get back and yeah. reset yeah. and it, yeah and, and it should be just an ad lib of something yeah 
And that I've gotten much better at now because I was hosting. I hosted Wednesday and a Thursday mic in the area. So Mm -hmm. Thursday in Exton at the Exton Hotel with Comedy Explosion. Mm -hmm. And then Wednesdays in Spring City at Tuned Up. uh, And now we are the comedy night. We used to only get like an hour and a half before Blues Jam. So now we get the whole night because it's been so successful. Awesome. And we get the last Saturday of the month to do a showcase there. So which is cool because I get to that showcase is an opportunity for people who aren't getting time Mm -hmm. to get time. Yeah. or acts that really want to get 30 minutes but don't get an opportunity to do 30 minutes. Right. So, you know, that's been a lot of fun. That's and then awesome. this June, the end of June, I'm going to be running a Best of Our Mic Showcase. All the guys that have been coming and working hard at the open mic mm-hmm. are going to get five, seven minutes. Awesome to just have a show and so for a lot of them it's gonna, gonna be their first down as a goal it's gonna be their first show <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know yeah. what i mean yeah. so for them it's like really cool uh and it's one way i can kind of pay that forward and yeah. it keeps the whole yeah. thing running but yeah. yeah so i'm back to your original question though like yeah you should do as much or less than whatever other comic is going to yeah. do and then it should be 20 second quips Right, you right. know, in between, comments, uh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. that are that are tie in with what segue. they just said or segue mm-hmm. to the next one, and it's a lot of fun. So I do yeah. enjoy hosting, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I enjoy now giving other people the opportunity yeah. to do that. Yeah, one of your pinch hitters, Dana. Oh, I love Dana. Chertanche. Yep, is my wife's best friend. That's right. Uh, yeah, I, I've known her for a decade, and uh, she's great. She's killing it. She, I um, love her delivery style. I think yeah. she wasn't, and that, she, there's a classic case of someone that, like, you know, like if you're not, you know, you know, you're doing, you're putting the work in, mm-hmm. and and she was, and she, I love her style, and mm-hmm. I don't think she was getting in front of the right audiences at first, and now all of a sudden, like, it wasn't her. I don't think she needed to do adjust, mm-hmm. and that's what's hard sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like when it's you finding... don't have to make the adjustment, you just have to stick it out. Yeah. Uh, and now I think that's paying dividends for her. It's, yeah. it's, I, I just, I think it's great. So anytime. Uh, I can't make it somewhere. Or now if somebody says, Hey, I need a really good feature. Mm-hmm. Like they're like, do you know anybody? And they're like, Dana's the first person yeah. we're doing a show together in the Poconos at the end of April uh, oh, together awesome. as well. That's amazing. Yeah. She's awesome. But, uh, yeah, it's a small world. <laughs> yeah. Right. It is. Uh, well, actually a small, I had my cleaner. So my mom lives with this stuff and my mom always tries to do too much. So we ended up saying, Oh, we'll pay for someone to come do the bathrooms and all of that weekly or every other week. My cleaner just sent me a message. She's like, Oh, my friend was at your show last night that I've seen on Facebook. So and fun. yeah, I was like, it's a small world. Yeah. It's crazy. But yeah, yeah no, I, uh, but yeah, I think, uh, for comics to have that opportunity, you gotta, and there's so many great rooms that are given mm-hmm. those opportunities right now. So I'm happy to do it in the suburbs. Yeah. Um, because yeah, there's a lot of great comedy out here too. Not to steal the name but comedy is truly like exploding like there's yeah when i was in my mid-20s and did that open mic there weren't there wasn't anything out here yeah as far as mics and now they're you know there's so much yeah. i mean even harrisburg and central pa has a ton yeah it's like i in my head's like an encyclopedia of like mm-hmm. every mic within a hundred mile radius yeah. like you give me any day of the week i yeah. can tell you like where to go yeah it's funny because now all people hit me up and be like hey are there any mics i'm like oh my god like it's gotten around that i know like because that i just know where they are because i just was dying for yeah. stage time and trying to go yeah you know, because they say 10,000 hours, you know, exactly. that's Malcolm like, Gladwell. Yeah. it's great. I think he's even reneged a little bit on that concept of like, if he buys into that himself, but I think there's something to be said for I it. I think if so. It's the, quality. The, the um, general thesis of it. Is, yeah, it yeah, makes yeah. sense. Yeah. I, I was tracking mine recently and since the start of this year anyways, uh, I track all my mileage and everything now mm-hmm. and it's, I was tracking my minutes and it's like, it takes us so long. You wouldn't think about it, but I was like, I'm averaging like 312 
of minutes on stage a month that's now. amazing and so but even just doing the math on that it would take three years at that pace which mm-hmm. is not a that's a it's a hard i'm getting a lot of 25 30 mm-hmm. minute spots yeah so otherwise i wouldn't be able to do that on like just an open mic schedule sure um but like that's crazy like even at that pace mm-hmm. that's three years yeah of going out almost grinding, every night grinding, to do that. Yeah. Whereas if you're only getting those four or five, three minute sets, yeah. that's why I like tuned up and like me, like now even with my Wednesday mic, mm. I have a featured comic now. So where it's oh, like someone cool. working out stuff yeah. like Steve Rinaldi, who's a big comic and mm-hmm. AC comedy, helium, all these, mm-hmm. he's, he did a special taping April 1st. So he came yes. on Wednesday and ran his 30 minute set. Rob Stant had a big special. He was taping in lit. It's came Wednesday. So now I can feature these comics, give them that, time yeah because that's what we all need we need time yeah yeah i've had a i don't know i just uh, this whole winter is just i haven't made it i've been to one mic in like two months which is you know not what i want yeah and dana was hosting your one oh nice and extant yeah um because i got covid for christmas (laughs) and then i got like some digestive thing and then two weeks later i got this like weird infection so i went to the doctor and she's like well and stuff is like it's every like i would get up and for an hour the first hour of my day was just clearing clearing, yeah yeah and the brain fog it turns out we get an email from amazon my wife had bought like hand soap and they're recalling it because there was a microbacteria in the hand soap what? that I'm washing my hands with after I use the bathroom. <laughs> oh my goodness. So like repeatedly reinfecting myself. That's crazy. So, so like I've been so thrown off between writing and then getting back up and, uh, well, it's the other thing is you write so much and then yeah. how do you like, how do you have the time to get out and write? Right. So then I have a bunch part. of like just, you know, paper, but, <laughs> well, yeah. um, but no, I, I'm gonna start grinding again, and uh, I got to come up to to tune up. Yeah, that'd be that great. Yeah, like I, and one. you know, a lot of comics, a lot of the younger comics now are like, I'm getting a lot of people asking me questions, and I'm like, at first, it's hard for me yeah. to separate the fact that I'm not just, and I am, I'm an open mic comic or whatever, and like I've I've had this success now, which is great. Mm-hmm. But it, now I'm getting all these people asking me questions, and yeah. I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, yeah. oh, and like a lot of the younger comics are saying stuff like, well when you go up there, how much are you doing new versus older? And I was like, that's a good question. Cause mm-hmm. it's like, you know, when I first started, I tried a new four minute set every week. That yeah. was part of like, you know, you're building your base. Yeah. But, uh, cause then of those four minutes, probably 30 seconds were good. Mm-hmm. If I was lucky, you know? so <laughs> yeah. it's like, yeah. so, you know, it would take you, you know, 10 weeks of 30 second things to get to five minutes, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. so I was like, but, you need to get, you need to have something for yourself. So like mm-hmm. you do the, you do the sandwich where you like, you start with something strong. Yeah. You got to, you work your middle stuff out, which mm-hmm. is where the meat is. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard because once you get like a good four or five minutes, it's so hard not to just keep doing those four right. or five minutes. Right. And you need to, because you need to polish. Right. You need to be, you know, or what I would do is that when I went to a whole different place, I'd never been before. That was my time to run my greatest hits yeah, sure. of those 30-second snippets that I've never, been saving. Yeah, heard it, yeah. You know, so it's fun to do that. So I think, yeah, I think it's this balancing act. And mm-hmm. and then back to the writing on stage thing, now I think it's at a level where I can go up with a premise 
or I'll find tags. Like mm-hmm. I'll have the main joke. Yeah. And then if they really buy into it, then, oh, Push you can it tag it up. Yep. Or you can start mm-hmm. adding things. And it's funny. what you, That's why you got to record yourself every yeah. time because something might come out that you hadn't anticipated that you're like, oh, that's funny. And you might not remember it. After, yeah, exactly. Because you're right. in the moment, and, the, and that's what's hard that too. It's like it's never as good or as bad as you think it is. I know, it's, it's and weird. it goes both ways. Yeah. Like you're like, oh, I killed tonight. And I'll yeah. listen back. I'll be like, no, I was okay. Yeah, and it was like it is. It's like you watch the Olympics, and I, now I understand why they with gymnastics they're always like slashing the best and the worst. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's it's really what you have to do with yourself <laughs> internally, right? You know. And then I heard another great thing on Mike Birbiglia has like a working it out. It's called podcast, and mm-hmm. he was probably the guy that I watched his uh, my boy my girlfriend's boyfriend special, mm-hmm. and that was oh, the yeah, one, yeah, that was yeah. the one that urged me to really push and get up because mm-hmm. I was doing it for my wife. I wanted to see my wife laugh more, like we used to, you know, all the time. Yeah, and so uh, I watched that, and it pushed me to kind of to go into it. But I think that you know, I think that um, you know, you have to like. You have to have something in your life that's authentic when you go up there too, and sure. and, and and use that to kind of drive, because people can tell if you're if oh, you're yeah. if you're, you're sure. being yourself yeah. or yeah. like, and I think that's the part where if I take something I think is funny and work it out there, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna know and I'm, I'm gonna know if they're buying in, and and that's some of the that's some part of it too that I think is really important. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I've been like. I want your feedback on this uh, while I have your ear. I, when I've been doing the, and again, it's only been since August, I've been going up. Um, I've been working, I'm continually writing, but I'm only doing like, I'm trying to work on a five minute. It's not all one chunk, but try, like you said, polish that five minutes. But then I have this thing where like, well, like a lot of the open mics, I'll see familiar faces. I'm like, well, they're like, this dude only. <laughs> Oh yeah, you, well you have that in your head like they've only like, seen me. So then it's like, well, now I, what I ask myself is, have I added a new tag? Have I have I changed something? But yeah. the other thing is, too, you're gonna notice they're gonna notice your comfortability telling that joke, right. and so it's different every time. You never walk in the same river twice, kind that's of true. scenario. Yeah. So it's yeah, like. Yeah. You know, and you'll see this because that's what I think some of those comics were getting at. Like, can I keep trying the same joke? I was like, well, you know, if you're trying the same joke just because you know it works and you, you're feeding your ego, yeah. then that's fine. And for some people, that's that's why some that's why open mics exist. There right. are some people who come out to the mics, and that's fine. That's mm-hmm. what like that's what they're there for. Right. Like, and then there's people that think it's a mental institution. <laughs> well, yes, or you know, they, the classic like oh, I couldn't afford therapy. Yeah. Like, you know, that's like the or classic. airing their personal grievance. Well, with that, the world. Well, that's that ha- you know that happens every mic. We yeah. was at a mic on Tuesday at uh, Soul Joel runs a mic on Tuesdays, yeah. and there's a you know marvelous Mrs. Maisel right in front of me. Got up and she just was airing her like upcoming divorce. Yeah. Oh boy. And it was just sure that was a and it was just like, isn't this funny? And I'm like, well, the lack of laughter is telling you. Like, yeah, I would say. It, but, it, but it's just it's too real at that point. Like yeah. that's why. Like I know yeah. Mike Birbiglia had said stuff like going back to my original thought because I was like I had a thought before I didn't finish the like to the point of it's never as good or bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a woman on his podcast that had talked about she gives herself to 11 a.m. the next day to either sorrow or joyful and then you put it away and move on to the next one yeah you know and i thought that was a really good thought like give yourself into the next day and then it's like okay on to the next one yeah um you know but 
the problem is Mike Birbiglia talks about writing out in his journal. He has a nightly journal. That's not a comedy journal. That's just his journal. Mm -hmm. And that helps you get out all of that. Like she, she, she needed to journal that. All the things you she think just when you're did. trying to fall asleep. And then you have to say, well, what's relatable about yeah. this? What? So this is my unique perspective. Mm -hmm. What's relatable about this? Right. And then how can I, she built, she, don't get me wrong, that woman on Tuesday built the tension. Yeah. So now it's like, well, how do you release the tension? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's the part where the comedy comes in, because that's yeah. what they say, what, it's tragedy plus time. Yeah. And so how do you take those moments that were so real for you and turn them into something yeah. funny? And they got to cartoon it a little bit. You yeah. got to, like, it's like somebody, I was working with a guy, Mark Riccadonna, mm -hmm. who's an amazing comic, been doing in the business since he was 18, and, like... Um, and he's a great storyteller mm -hmm. and he's like, you know, it's, it's funny if, uh, you know, Tom and Jerry, a cat hits a mouse with a frying pan. It's not funny if two kids hit each other with a frying <laughs> yeah. pan. Yeah. And so that's like, you know, it's like, oh, okay. Like you got to find a way to do that. So like, she's got to go back and yeah. say to herself, like, okay, a lot of people go through divorce. They've had mm -hmm. this. Now you got to either. And a lot of times it's uh, show don't tell. Yeah, yeah. So the act outs mm -hmm. like that's a part that for me, I'm still learning, yeah. you know, and I'm still trying to force sure. myself to do more act outs mm -hmm. because otherwise you get all teachery and you're lecturing. Yeah. yeah. And that's the problem, too. You got to break it up with even if it's a cheesy thing, something, something mm -hmm. to do that. And I even noticed that in my set the last two nights, I have a joke where uh, I had inserted a just a tiny little act out. And in, in theory, it wasn't clever or whatever yeah. but the fact that i became that person instead of talking about that person sold the joke better. i got so many more laughs yeah, yeah. you know or word economy oh mm -hmm. i mean as a, as a high school teacher i'll tell you it's like we, we're the worst we're like freshmen writing essays when we're up there at an open <laughs> mic you're saying yeah. so many words that you don't need to and that's my battle yeah. now too is i have to look back at all of my bits mm -hmm. and say how can i where are the words i can throw out like the mm -hmm. chopper's going down you got to throw cargo yeah. out so that the you can yeah. keep doing and that's mm -hmm. the piece that even when you think you've trimmed it there's probably more yeah. and there was another a joke i just did recently for a lot of the teacher tours that it was the same thing and I just had to rearrange it. It was the same thing, but I just had to settle the order of it. I had to take out uh, some unnecessary yeah. words because yeah. that when you're not getting laughs and you're thinking something's funny, mm -hmm. th there's a misunderstanding. There's either they're either there. You're giving them too much to think about. Yeah. You know, because all of these extra words mm -hmm. and you think you're clarifying. Like, I think I'm and I'll say that you also. You're I like, think no, I'm you clarifying. don't get it. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Like, but then you're like, well, I just put 7000 rungs on this two foot ladder. Right. right. And, and you want them and to climb. So, the way yeah. To the and top. they're just like, this is so tedious. Like, yeah. why am I? Yeah. And if you just simplify, you're mm -hmm. like, well, if I put if I'm really good with that first line and that premise, yeah. then they're going to be transported there. Right. And if I choose the right words, you know, it's like anything, you know, you just, you're, and so that's the part that's so hard. How, how much do I need to Hansel and Gretel this to yeah. get them to the end? Yeah. How many rungs do I need on the ladder to get them to the top? And I think less is more yeah. is the thing. Yeah. And it's so hard to separate yourself because this is your shiny toy that you just wrote. Yeah. And you need perspective. You need someone else. So if you're not like if people are out there trying to get into comedy, if you're not meeting with other people and showing your work and talking about it, and you don't have either friends that you, the local comics that you're getting together before or after a mic, 
or like even if you do a class or mm-hmm. you, there's tons of people that'll that for pretty small things will do like 15 15 20 bucks and they'll sit down with you for a half hour there's a ton of comics that are really good at that that i've used even mm-hmm. um that you know they'll take what you have and help you get to the next level and though you need that you know it's like can't anything. do it in a vacuum yeah and that's right. the problem you know um everybody needs someone and so i think you can you form your team you form your people you're comfortable with and i had people that i would send friends that aren't even comics that i felt comfortable with sending my sets to like mm-hmm. when i first started yeah and i would get feedback from them and that was huge it was hard to take i was like so you're so nervous mm-hmm. i remember showing people my first couple sets yeah <sighs> And I just still remember the feeling of being like, oh, this isn't as funny as I thought it was. <laughs> and I'm watching them, like, watch me die. Yeah. And um, I'm like, this is so melt. uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. But you have to do that. You have to dare to suck. And you have to go up there. Because if you're not bombing and you're not, then you're not trying anything new. Yeah. Right? Like, there's yeah. posters we have in our classrooms that say things to the effect of um, smooth seas don't make great sailors. Yeah. And oh, I'll I'll bomb and still come home so excited about doing it, and I want to do it. You know, and that's what I mean. Now too, to is sleep like I, until three. I go in with something I know I need to work on, mm-hmm. and I'm like, all right, I'll tell something up front to build rapport, let them know I can write a joke and mm-hmm. tell a joke, and I know I'm going to close with something. But then that middle part's got to have at least one thing Some substance that I'm working on that's mm-hmm. new oh, okay. that mm-hmm. might not do well. Mm-hmm. Um, but then at least I know I started strong yeah. or I, now I'm in, now it's like, and people will say crowd work. How, what do you think about crowd work? Let me ask you that. I think it's, uh, amazing if it's done well. Uh, do you have you, do you ever try to do it? No, I haven't. Good. My, my, the people. Not have, open mics cause good, I'm they, talking to mostly comedians. Other comics or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Not so, always, but uh, no, I haven't. Well, I, and yeah. I think from, from what I found out, I was watching certain people do it at mics and I was mm-hmm. very impressed with how well they do it. But then I started actually getting some opportunities to do guest spots with real comedians on shows. And one of the first ones I ever did was with uh, Julia Scotty, okay. who was on America's Got Talent okay. and uh, is a trans comic. So mm-hmm. she was one of the first, she had actually had a career yeah. for like 20 years as oh, wow. a male comic wow. prior and then went on AGT and then it's like catapulted and she's amazing. That she's is, so funny. Yeah. And she was so gracious in the green room. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was one of my first like actual shows in front of real people. Um, and I was like, I'm trying to get really good at crowd work. Yeah. And she looked at me, she's like, why? <laughs> it was like, she was like, the disgust she had on yeah. her face was like, why? Because like, if you, she's like, if you really want to do this and you're going on the Tonight Show, mm-hmm. when's the last time you saw someone, someone on the Tonight Show? What do you doing do? For- yeah. Or like, you want to do a 2,000, 3,000, 7,000 seat theater? Yeah. What are you going to sit there and like that? So that person in the balcony doesn't give an F about yeah. what. Well, they can't even see this person. Right, right, right. So it's like, it is, it's, that's like this self-indulgent right. thing of, and that's sort of the big thing on social media now because people don't want to give away their content, which right. I understand. Yeah. You know, so it's like, oh, how do I find these moments where I'm just being witty or off the right. cuff? Because that's what right. stand-up is supposed to be the appearance of yes. it being this like one. It's really, it's well-crafted. Yeah. Um, but like, so yeah, so that's when I'm, my shift, that shifted my brain. I'm like, Oh, she's like, content, content, con- work mm-hmm. on your content. Yeah. Because then 
you then it's a flow chart. So if I I have a couple crowd work pieces in my act now, mm-hmm. but it's a flow chart. I know yeah. it's a yes or no. It's a this or that. Yeah. And it then just goes. You know where to go from there. I, it's yeah. all leading to the joke, mm-hmm. no matter what they say. Yeah, yeah. And that's the piece of like. So then it's like, oh, once I have the content, then mm-hmm. I can do that. Yeah. And um, and that's the piece that I think it's. I'm glad I. I'm glad I got that advice from her so early on because yeah. I really was going to start wasting open mic sets trying to do crowd work. Right. Or trying to do. It is a skill you have to own, mm-hmm. hone, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. For me, it's, it hasn't yeah, been the, it's like the con- venue. Right, yeah, yeah, so it's like write content, do that, yeah. and then do a little – because now yeah. what I'll do is like when I go up to a mic, I'll try to be in the room for a moment. Yeah. So I'm just trying to make a joke about something either that just happened yeah. or something that's in the room. Yep. or uh, So I will now start there, and I'm just trying to be in the room. Yeah. But usually I've thought about it before I've gotten up on the stage, even if it's the minute before. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, this might be funny to point that out or yeah. point this out. Or yeah. we had a, a open mic on Monday at the Phantom Power out in Lancaster. Does a really cool mic there. Audrey uh, Marsh and Jared McCallie run had started it there, and it's it's amazing because yeah. they really they really have it built up so that start, people who are their first time to people who are working comics can be in the same space. Yeah. And the university Millersville's right there. So you, yeah. you usually yeah. get a batch. Well, we had an old folk home come, they had heard about <laughs> it or whatever. So these like 15 golden girls yes. roll in and then you got the college kids That's and amazing. it was like this weird mix yeah. of that. And I'm like, I'm watching all the comics go up and do their like dick jokes yeah. in front of these. I'm yeah. just like, oh, yeah. like, how how was the uh, reaction from they, the well, older they were, they were like like one or two might get a giggle, but it was definitely uncomfortable. So, like, yeah. I went up early and yeah. I, I went. They put me up pretty early because then they're like, okay, let let Jay go up because he'll be clean. And, yeah, um, Resa- save save the show. <laughs> yeah, or just like just like let let give them something that's like not what not yeah a, <laughs> or something because you want them to stay whatever sure. and, and everyone make fun, a sh- but, good show. But I went up. I'm like, oh, what can I say about them? That's not trite. And I'm like, I'm looking at them, and they all looked like pretty in good shape. So I just was like, oh, I'm, uh, I was like, I loved you guys in the league of their own. And like, it was just so simple, it was so silly, yeah. but like, it was so quick. Yeah, you get you a laugh. Connected with your, you connected with them, yep. and then, and then I was like, then I went up to the young people. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, we got to respect our elders, right? You know, it was like, and they were like cheering. I'm like the college kids. I'm like, so what do you think a good example of respecting your elders is? And they, you know, they had, you know, there wasn't. I didn't expect it was rhetorical. I didn't expect them, and they didn't answer. Yeah, and I was like, maybe not getting up on stage and saying the P or D word in front of these old ladies, <laughs> like the three comics in front of me. Yeah. Um, and then I called on this girl later on about something i was like i was talking about being a parent and i'm like would you guys want to be a parent she's like i don't want to push it push a baby out of my pee I'm like, well there goes respecting the elders like she's just dropping the p word but That's like you can just window. if you're in the moment then you can have fun and all yeah. it is is reacting to what they say sure. misunderstanding what they mm-hmm. say like there's so many little tricks once you get into it that yeah. you're uh, so it's fun for me now because i'm finally at a level now where i'm letting myself play because i know it's good. whatever the end result is right it's going to take me into the bit that i was there to work on yeah I'm I'm great at clapping back at the Real Housewives while my wife is watching. But <laughs> what's one thing when I'm on stage in the yeah. moment trying to think of something funny? Yeah, right. That's but, what, well, that's what it is. You yeah, get, get a second my, chance. Get your sea legs. Um, yes. And also, I'm I'm I want to make my I mean my jokes good first mm-hmm. before I start. That's you know, exactly the way it should that's go. The foundation. Hundred percent. Period. In fact, like you're saying, have a a something. You got to have a banger up top. So I like I open with a 
with a one-liner. I'll, I'll tell you it right now, but I'll cut it out. <laughs> one time I had to go to jail for 24 hours, 90 days in a row. <laughs> so, it's, so it's like a Stephen Wright. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Then the, and then I go personal. One-liner into personal about like I had a DUI and that's why. And then I, you know, make that horrible situation as funny as I can. But I think like, like to your point earlier, uh, like I tend to break more personal stuff through the, like the, uh, even if it's about something in the world, I try to relate it to something that's happened to me or made it not make it about, yeah, we'll make it about myself at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, so I, where was I going with that? <laughs> well, I think, well, I mean, the authenticity of that is, is really yeah. good. So instead yeah. of doing crowd work and wasting time on that, yeah, yeah, we want to be on, on your too, content. Yeah. And that's, and that for me was, cause then you run the risk of, if you're just telling jokes about whatever odds are, somebody's told the joke about that before, you yeah. know? So you're, yeah. you're, but if no, if I, I want to write a joke that nobody could just see at an open mic and take and go do. Cause you know, then it's really a race of who gets it on the yeah. air on TV first at that point. Yeah. So you want to do a joke that nobody else, but you can tell. And mm-hmm. that's what I told myself. So exactly. it's like a lot of, a lot of my material before teaching, uh, was just stuff about me growing up in Scranton and, uh, you know, I have a very, uh, unorthodox family, mm-hmm. uh, where I was like my, my parents, like, you know, met in college and got married, but then they're like, Oh yeah, we're both gay. Mm -hmm. And so like then my mom, like, you know, so I lived with my mom and, and her partner, her wife, Mm -hmm. they were together for like 25 years. So I was really raised by two women. That's interesting. And then my dad was kind of out of my life for a while because he had tried to like, he got remarried and his parents, both of them were trying to kind of appease their parents. But my dad, couldn't find himself right away mm-hmm. and it took him a lot longer to come out. Yeah. Um, and so he wasn't around for my life for a lot. So I was raised yeah. by these two women in like eighties and nineties Scranton, yeah. which is like really Irish Catholic, yeah. like yeah, yeah. old school. And so it's like, I have so much of this life that I lived in witness protection. That's <laughs> like, yeah. it's so fun to like now all of that, that was so much tension for me now, Mm -hmm. now with where we are in the world and how things are opening up, it's fun to play with Mm -hmm. some of those topics now that I would have been mortified to say out loud to tell somebody that I, my mom was a lesbian that I couldn't have done that until I was probably 20 before I actually told just a friend, Never mind, go on stage or, you know what I mean? Like, and, and, uh, it's amazing how far we've come. Mm with that kind of stuff. So I have so much material about that now yeah. that I can take and play with. Yeah. And that's why I start with the worst thing that's ever happened in my, to me, which is the reason I didn't do comedy up until the, it just it put me in the, you know, that's what we need jail and yeah, just the struggle. But I, I came out not feeling funny anymore, like so depressed, mm-hmm. but, um, I don't know. It, it's it's you therapy. Gotta st- you got to start it's with therapy. yeah. You got to start yeah. with and and other people need that. Like mm-hmm. and I talk about my autistic daughter a lot, mm-hmm. and those are real things for me. But mm-hmm. uh, it's amazing now, and especially with the teacher stuff now. Like it's amazing when people after a show come up to me now, and like whenever I tell a story about my daughter, fail safe, somebody's going to come up and talk. I've had autistic people come up to me and say, "Hey, I'm autistic." Like mm-hmm. that's exactly what I was like yeah. when I was that age. Like or. uh or families and parents mm-hmm. have come up to commiserate and My you sister. can just hear that. Like mm-hmm. I, I told it at a, at a show recently and you know, I told a premise and like you could hear, it wasn't laughter. It was this 
it was this kind of under it was a it was a sound of understanding mm-hmm. that just like a <laughs> coupling coming together yeah. and uh it was I was so funny to hear I'll never forget it and it was just the sound I heard and then that was the family I ended up talking to at the end yeah because that's it you know you you want to find something relatable and right because everyone can fun. connect on some level exactly I and, think we, you know, not to get too precious but I think people in general are more similar than different yes and we're way too focused on 100%. the differences right now there's more that unites us than divides us for Absolutely. sure it's just not as sexy and doesn't sell yeah. as well you know where how your your uniqueness can be relatable right and that's it because that's yeah. what we want we want to tell something that nobody else can tell right and you want people to be able to still relate to that even though it's unique and different it should be they have their <laughs> own version of it because that's right. what conversation is like exactly. you say something and you're like oh that reminds me of this mm-hmm. and that's how conversation happens yep. but the problem is when you get those audiences that want to then have that conversation with yeah. you yeah yeah you know in the yeah. middle of your set yeah while well, you're trying to work through <laughs> yeah well yeah so how do you um what's we'll start with what's your like what's the worst heckle i mean i've not ever had to be honest and i don't know if it's just the teacher voice of it i because i've had people i've had people in an audience heckling other comics in front of me Mm -hmm. but when i've gotten up there um it usually dies down Mm -hmm. um and so i've just been lucky and i don't know if that's just the teacher presence of me that i bring to it but i have some things that i've written that I have ready to go if it were ever to come to that. But generally I haven't had anybody yet, knock on wood, that's challenged me in that way. Um, The worst is the people who just want to talk. Yeah. And so you just got to learn. Yeah. And you have to get comfortable enough with your material to pause. Yeah. Give them attention. Keep your place. <laughs> give them their yeah. attention that they're looking for. Yeah. Include them. I mean, a lot of improv of yes and, mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. um, and then uh, and then you just kind of have to. And sometimes I'll find myself. I had a, I did a set back in my hometown in uh, in Carbondale outside of Scranton, mm-hmm. and there was like a group off to the side that was talking, and I would just stop. I'm like, what do you think they're talking about over there, guys? <laughs> and I was just staring at them as I'm talking to the rest. Yeah. I'm like. What do you think they're talking yeah. about over there? They look like they're having fun. Yeah. We're having fun too though over here, aren't we guys? Like and I'm like and then they were just out. stopped and looked at me like and I'm like, "Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Did you I I'm not giving you Saturday yeah. attention. Relax. You're yeah. guys which is we're having fun over here too." Turns out the sound, the speakers weren't going over that way, so wow. they couldn't hear. Yeah. And so it wasn't like but they didn't it was an aesthetic problem. So, yeah, yeah, so it was a problem with the venue yeah. not mm-hmm. being set up properly for sound. Yeah. And so because there's always a reason. Like That's even it. as a kid in school, when a kid acts out, there's a reason. Oh, there's yeah. a reason a bully's a bully, you know, like sure. so there's a reason that person's heckling and mm-hmm. oh oh my goodness. Okay. I have a story. Go for oh, it. Oh okay. <laughs> so I got this opportunity to uh host at Church of Satire, which is a club in Hanover. Mm-hmm which is just run by this guy, Jim Bryan, who's awesome. And it's this, it's this so intimate venue and it's amazing. And I really enjoyed it. So I got this hosting set for the weekend. Well, it's a two and a half hour ride. Mm-hmm. So I brought my father-in-law yeah. and this is something he and I had been bonding over. Cause he and I were very different. Um, you know, he's like, looks like duck dynasty NRA <laughs> on it. his checks. And I was <laughs> raised by lesbians. So like on paper, he and I have nothing in common, right? but, he's enjoyed comedy even though he doesn't do that thing called laughing he laughs on the inside (laughs) but he's enjoyed coming he's been retired so it's been this cool thing he's been my road guy so that if i'm not driving far it's been great that's cool so i brought him out with me and 
this club doesn't even serve alcohol. So he mm-hmm. wasn't drinking. Yeah. But he out of his meds or whatever, but he and the show was light. Like there just wasn't many there weren't many people in the audience. And I thought he was sitting in the back. Well, when I got up there, he was sitting in the front row. Yeah. And I went to tell a joke and he told my punchline. Because oh, he sits there no. and watches all my sets. So he's like and he kept saying my punchlines yeah. ten seconds in front of me. <laughs> and I was just and I'm at like a volume the whole audience could hear. Well, oh yeah, because there's like no, it's a small venue, so like everybody's there, and it's just like so he's doing stand up. So he's like, and it was just the, so I kind of let it go, and I just kind of play with the inside. I'm like, oh my god, this is already painful enough that there's yeah. not that many people here. So that happened, and that was awkward enough, right? Ever, but I'm hosting, so I'm like, I get up, I do my set, yeah. I introduce the next guy, I come out, and he was kind of quiet. He was all right during the second person said I could hear him starting to talk a little bit to that guy. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. So then the headliner gets up. He com- my father-in-law completely derails the headliner. Oh, the no. headliner did not tell one joke for 40 minutes <laughs> and had a conversation with my father-in-law <laughs> my goodness. and my father-in-law was trying to like tell him these wacky stories that were super uncomfortable and the headliner was just like, what is happening? And he like tried to be nice about it and tried to, and I'm, I'm behind. Just couldn't rain him I, in. Like, Dude, I, I, like, I, bro- I broke so the skin. I was like yeah. holding my fists in, of listening all people, in the back. Of all people, it's got to be your father. And I'm like, oh my goodness. And it was just so embarrassing. I grabbed him as soon as the show was over. I profusely apologized to both yeah. acts. Grabbed him, pulled him out. Um, didn't, and I, in the middle of the street, I'm like screaming at him. Like, what do you think is happening? This is like, I'm trying to do something here. Like I'm away from your daughter and your grandchildren right now. Yeah. And like, I had to like get in his face about it. Mm. And the headliner came out and heard me and pulled me aside. And he's like, you're <laughs> okay. Cool. It's yeah, fine. Yeah. Like, I get like, it. I get where you're coming from. And I was just like, like and, be me. and I, and we drove in silence for two and a half hours. <laughs> oh, that's a long ride. Back home. Oh. And then, Brutal. but to his point, about a week or so later, I, like we stopped, you know, he stopped coming to the mic for a little bit. We took a break from each other. Mm-hmm. He wrote a whole letter to me and we got together one time and he read it out to me and he like apologized and he wrote to the headliner and apologized oh, wow. to him. And it was very big of him. It was super, <laughs> I was so, I was so grateful because I was like, oh man, we finally founded something. And then he like completely ruined Jacked it. it but, up, yeah. but yeah, that was the worst, that was the Oof. worst moment of my life. That's ironic. I was like, I had blocked yeah. it out of my, I was like, oh no, I've never, I'm like, no, oh no. my God, my father-in-law. <laughs> Uh, and to his credit, he did. And, he, and I think he was on some new meds and yeah. some things weren't balancing so, yeah. sure. properly. Yeah. And, it, and it was very big of him to do. And yeah. it was like, whatever. But yeah, that was one of the worst that was uh, a good I've story. ever had. <laughs> yeah. The apple. Oh, no. That wouldn't be your tree. The apple's falling from. <laughs> I was going to say the apple doesn't no, fall from. Yes. No, different yes. Different apple. Different apple. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's, you know, that was probably the worst worse when you know, it's someone you know, you're yeah, like, at two brute, like, yeah. really? Like, yeah. and it's one thing if he's talking to you, but to, yeah. to and disrupt he the just, headliner, and he it's got to hurt. just listening to the but, stories he was saying. But again, there's a reason, you know, yeah. everything has a reason. That's right. Um, so you mentioned like Berbiglia and some of uh, the local guys, who, who were your guys like growing up? Uh, so my, I mean, Carlin was always one that were like, I wasn't allowed to listen to, but would kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. 
And I always love the truth of, of his mm-hmm. stuff. Like even listening now, it's like, yeah, it's it still, still relevant. holds true to the time. If not more relevant. Yes, yeah. exactly. So I always like that. Jim Gaffigan was huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife and I've gone, gone and seen him. He's even da- uh, we used to go see Dane Cook a lot too. Mm-hmm. I liked his high energy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so those were people. But like, yeah, Jim Gaffigan, I, Louis C.K. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Especially once I became a parent, mm-hmm. like so relatable. Yeah. Some of his stories he's that hilarious. are so unique Regardless, to him. But you know, comedy wise, he's amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So and yeah, and I can separate those things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those he's he was a big one. I actually yeah. got to. He was my favorite. Yeah. I got to work. Uh, I got to like do security at a show he was nice. on, and That's I awesome. like was standing as close as I am to you holding uh, like a, a, a curtain thing so the audience couldn't see him backstage at Soul Jewels. And he had acknowledged that I existed on this planet. And I couldn't even say anything back to him. That's how starstruck <laughs> I was. Um, but yeah, so I think uh, those are huge influences mm-hmm. in me that I enjoy. Sarah Silverman mm-hmm. is, I was just thinking about this the other day. Sarah Silverman is like, what a sharpshooter and talk about like so accurate with language yeah. and, uh, really, I, 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 Amy Schumer was another one who mm-hmm. I wouldn't have thought of, but I, I read her, one of her autobiographical books mm-hmm. on, I, well, I, I won't say read it. I listened to it on tape as yeah. I was yeah. driving, but, um, really a lot of cool hearing her story and how some of that turned into stand up. Um, and then, uh, Hannah Gadsby, who mm-hmm. I know people talk a lot about in terms of, um, you know, she, you know, she'd been doing comedy for like 14 years mm-hmm. like she had 10 specials before yeah, that before Nanette. Nanette. yeah uh and for me Nanette was i really enjoyed both and i watched it with my mom and it was cool to watch my my mom have like it was watch her fun watching her get a release from yeah what she could identify mm-hmm. with um and douglas i really loved because like it was like a call forward like mm-hmm. she told the whole she's like let me set your expectations and for like 10 minutes like and then the whole show is a callback yeah now the whole show was a callback yeah. after that yeah. and i was like that's so like that's so fascinating and yeah. she writes a new special every year yeah. that's how they do it there. yeah louis used to yeah do that and it's well. just like mm-hmm. um so fascinated by that and yeah, Mike Birbiglia is another one that I'm, I'm fascinated by. And listening to some of their podcasts now, I've gotten to hear other comics that I wouldn't have maybe yeah. listened to normally. Yeah. That, um, like, uh, if I'm going to say his name wrong, but Sadiq, Ali Sadiq. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he talks a lot about being in prison mm-hmm. and like a heel-to-toe bit yeah. that was really funny that I was yeah, listening yeah. to. He's good, yeah. And that's the other thing. It's like half the time it's like you're watching some of these comics. It's about the confidence that you have going mm-hmm. up there. Mm-hmm. So you can write on stage mm-hmm. if your confidence is because then just everything you tell is funny or, yeah. you know, yeah. whatever. So I think sometimes, you know, you don't have to be clever. And I think that's the hard part I'm learning because right. I'll write a phrase that I think is very clever. Me too. But that doesn't necessarily mean, and you don't find your voice. They say I was, I took Steve Martin. Steve Martin's another one. I took yeah. Steve Martin's master class. Yeah. Uh, I watched the, all the series on master class and, mm-hmm. and did some of the work uh, exercises. And that's another thing they say. Seven. He was like saying seven years before you find your voice. Yeah. So yeah. I, I'm still like, <laughs> yeah. Supposedly five years from finding my voice, yeah. apparently. <laughs> but but Ian, that's true. I think there are some things that I haven't quite figured out yet. Mm-hmm. Because you're trying to, you don't, how I think of myself and how the audience sees me are two different things sometimes. Right. So it's like, you know, Absolutely. I can appreciate all of that. So Steve Martin was someone that I wouldn't have said 
ahead of time, but after what his master class mm-hmm. and somebody, Dan DePriel got me his book, mm-hmm. uh, um, for my birthday recently and I've been reading that and I've found so much in there too. Um, you know, with some those, which are fun. Yeah, yeah, which is really, and some of the guys I've been on this uh, teacher tour with, there's a guy, Devin Siebold. Yeah. Uh, let's get a, into the, what a, the, yeah, what a great, so yeah. So this teacher tour thing, I, uh, so the way all of it got down, cause people ask me, oh, how'd you get in this? How'd you get on? I, I saw a guy, there's a guy out of New York, out of Staten Island. His name's Gaspar Rendazzo. Okay. And he's a teacher comedian, big on TikTok, but he also did stand up. And he was coming to Punchline Philly, and he was coming with Tell Williams, who was on the teacher tour with me. Okay. And Tell was opening or middling for him, and then Gaspar was headlining, and it was at Punchline. Well, I had done a show at Punchline with a Philly comedian who's a teacher called Lamar Todd. And so I'd done a show at Punchline. That was the first time. It was a year after my first show I got on Punchline That's stage, awesome. which was like yeah. a really cool milestone. Yeah. Yeah. So I contacted Punchline. I'm like, hey, I was on that teacher show. I see this teacher guy coming. Could I, you know, maybe host or do yeah. a five-minute spot up front? Mm-hmm. And like, sorry, we're not running this show. It's actually run by the comedian. So then I just went to the DMs and I just yeah. messaged Gasper. Okay. I didn't Look know. I got you. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know him from yeah. Adam. Yeah. Uh, and I sent him a message on Facebook, not knowing that, well, nobody uses Facebook. I mean, <laughs> yeah. so I had to yeah. get an Instagram. I had to make a TikTok, all of those things. Yeah. But like he messaged me back like a month later out of nowhere and he's like, oh, hey, man, yeah, send me some tape or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I was in, I was in Rehoboth with my family mm-hmm. and so I was driving back the next day and he's like oh call me and so I called him and he was like yeah you should do teacher stuff man there's like so much opportunity right now like this guy tell that's on the show he's working with board teachers and mm-hmm. I didn't even know who they were at that point and um and then I found out wow I had known because they're this huge conglomerate of like memes and podcasts and things that I've been laughing at on social media, yeah. uh, not realizing they had now, you know, branched out even farther. They have podcasts Producing and now they have comedy and tours. And, and, um, and so I, you know, had kind of went through the back channels again. I did really well on that show that they gave me 10 minutes. Gasper carved 10 minutes from his nice. uh, headlining set to give me 10 That's minutes. Awesome. Did really well in front of him and tell, and then just stayed in touch with them and just said, Hey, I'd love to, I saw tell was doing the board teachers again mm-hmm. and sent a press kit out of like stuff and tapes and, and whatever. And, and then they gave me an audition and I uh, uh, did well and then sort of got into the Boom. fold of it. And it just was like, you couldn't, you know, it's like anybody. They, I was Tig Notaro is another one I really oh, I like. Tig. And Tig, I, uh, Tig just had this week's podcast of Don't Ask Tig, which is just a fun forty minute podcast. I didn't know I she was to. still doing one. I remember she used to do one with. Um, oh, with uh, uh, she still does. Kyle Donegan. Oh, okay. Was, no, I don't know about that. This was, was like, remember um, Comedy Bang Bang? It was they had. It was like Scott Aukerman. He, he okay, was like, no, I don't. He was a writer for Mister Show. He had a podcast but then it became a network and tig did a podcast called professor blast off or something but this is years ago yeah so this was just like a silly but they were just talking about how there is no direct line for Mm stand-up like you know it's not like you go to college you're going to be a lawyer so you do this this and that and so with stand-up there is no there is no method i mean people like to say there are certain things you have to do like the seven years ten thousand hours whatever but or like you know open for a club but like i'm not a 20 i'm not a 20 year old comic going through so it's like there is no path for this so it's just also rodney dangerfield didn't make it 
big until, until he was deep in his yeah. at least 40s. Right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's like there is no path for this. So right. you just that you gives know, me hope. That's right. That's what gives me hope. <laughs> yeah. And because I just put that you put the time. I just mm-hmm. I love doing it. I love yeah. making people laugh, even if it's the people at the mic. Yeah. Whatever. Like I, treat, I, said, I treat I treat every bomb, time. It's just when I'm up there. It's this is right. This feels right. Yes, the tuning fork. I listen to the tuning fork inside me, Mm -hmm. and I'll tell you what. I just I I treat every time I step on a stage. I don't care if there's four people in an open mic, Mm -hmm. uh, or last night I performed for almost two thousand people. Yeah, that's awesome. Whatever it is, I'm treating it like bottom of the ninth, Mm -hmm. two outs. Yeah, and I gotta come up here and deliver. And I just you know play like my my pants are on fire. Yeah. And, uh, and that's, that's it. You just, I give it all I got and I work hard and I put all the time into polishing things up Mm -hmm. and constantly re-listening to my sets. And, you know, you do those things. I watched comedian, uh, Jerry Seinfeld. I read some of his stuff and I watched the- Never heard of him. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Oh, the, uh, um, you ever watch the movie on comedian from 2000? I thought you said- a comedian. Oh, a, no, 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 no. It's <laughs> on Netflix. It. So um, for anybody who hasn't seen it, it who's but the dude he used? Ori, as a, uh, Adams. Uh, Orny, yeah, Ori, Orny, Orny Adams. Adams. Yes, um, yeah, I remember. And that. that's such an interesting. Yeah. But like that was huge. Watching that, I've also heard. I haven't watched it yet because I don't have HBO. But someone told me I should watch Crashing, which yeah, is a series. Pete Holmes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's a great show. It's produced by Judd Apatow. Um, do you know Dov uh, Davidoff stand up? No. There's a bunch of comedians. Well, Judd Apatow had a master class and oh, really? it really went into screenwriting. So after the first couple, it really stopped being about stand up and it was more like comedy writing. Yeah. But it was more about screenwriting and his experience from like knocked up and stuff. Yeah. So I started going up to New York just to hang like once a week. And um I went to the cellar, just I went in that little restaurant. There he is sitting at the table. No that shit. corner table. And I'm like, that's Judd. Yeah, don't act like you've been here. Yeah, yeah. Cool. <laughs> you know, I'm telling all my stuff. And we're just sitting at the bar having my gin and tonic he or seems whatever. Of of all of people at that level, he seems pretty. Yeah, so he was just hanging and, with someone, yeah. talking, having a little, yeah. and then he, then next thing you know, you're watching the scene, and he just went downstairs, <laughs> and there he is on stage. You know, I said, then you go to the other TV. I'm like, oh, is that Chris Rock? Because they have like four stages or yeah. whatever. There's yeah. like a couple different, and I'm just like, look at wow. all these people, and like, just, you're just like, I'm just here. It's like a Monday night, yeah. and I'm seeing like, it's just crazy that to see. Crazy, yeah. You know, in New York, it's cool because they can be around. Nobody's gonna like bother them or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's yeah that that was kind of in cool their natural to see. habitat. Yes, yeah, to yeah, just yeah, see yeah. them. Yeah. But yeah, so just just being around them and being yeah. is such a cool thing to see. But I yeah, so the teacher tour uh, now it's like they're doing two separate tours now. So actually three. They have a podcast tour for one of their podcasts. Like live podcast. Yeah, it's called mm-hmm. Te- yeah Teachers Off Duty. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I was on this. It's called We Can't Make This Stuff Up tour. And it's theaters, so it's all That's big amazing. theaters. Kodak yeah. Center was like seventeen hundred. My first For three show years with them. in doing theaters is amazing, man. Yeah, yeah. So it's amazing. I mean, unreal. Uh, you know. Um, so I've gotten a lot of help from people who have done bigger shows, like mm-hmm. uh, Pat House comes to my Thursday. I and Pat Mike, House from and like Pat House. Kid Chris when he was yeah, know, and he's great. There. And so yeah. he just did the Fillmore with uh, Dan Cummings a couple weeks ago. He's and it was like, too. You yeah. know, three thousand people. Yeah. So he was helping me kind of think about the difference between you know an open mic and a bar mm-hmm. and a theater yeah. and so just helping me think about some I was of those things. I going to ask you about that like a, a club setting versus very very different. Yeah. Um so like less one intimate. Of, 
Well, yeah. Ahead. So one of the things that I realized is some of my bits that I've been telling that were crowd work bits, mm-hmm. I had to I had to alter, you know, because I have a thing where I make people guess what I teach. Yeah. And I've done it so much at Mike's that I have something for whatever they say. Yeah. So, uh, but what I realized the first show, nobody wanted to say anything. When you're se- one of 1,700, yeah. nobody's going to speak. You know what one, I mean? Yeah. And so I had to just start saying, I had to just alter it to be like, I can see some of you. You're thinking this guy is a social studies teacher. Yeah, so you had to play it So I just yourself. had to like, yeah, yeah I had to yeah. just had to alter things a little bit. Just right. little twists that... Yeah. Um, Make it organic. Yes. And then the big thing that Pat had told me that helped was this concept of like, and and even Steve Bickle told me this after my first one, don't step on your laughs, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, And I was like, oh yeah, there's real, like, because when you're doing open mics and there's comics there, you don't realize what you're saying is funny. Yeah. That's the biggest misnomer about open mics. We're also cynical with each other. (laughs) There are things that you'll say that a normal person will laugh at that you would have thought was trash and might've thrown out. Right. And then you'll get to a real audience mm-hmm. and they're like, totally can identify mm-hmm. with it. Totally want to laugh at it. Yep. And I didn't, wasn't ready for that. Right. And so you're like stepping on your laughs, but in the theater, you got to say something and it's got to travel. Yes. You got to let it travel. delay. Yeah. And then they <clears> pop <throat> and you got to let that, you got to let the, that the start wave. to decrescendo. Mm-hmm. And before it gets down, then, because otherwise they're, you're going to tr- teach them not to laugh because they're going to be afraid they're going to miss your next yeah. job. Yep. Yeah. I didn't hear what he said. And that's, yeah. Or, yeah, and that, yeah. or they don't want to laugh because they don't want to miss the next thing. <laughs> True. And so I've really taught myself to slow down because that's the problem yeah. with that first set yeah. I ever did was I was too fast. Mm-hmm. And so Same now I realized me. what's great about that is you're, jokes that I thought like sets that I thought were five minutes are really eight minutes. Yeah. With the room, with the pacing, with all of that, with just, and, and half the time, like just taking a moment to like smile and just Mm -hmm. like, especially if you lose your place or something, just like smile and just take it all in and then rephrase. Don't be afraid of silence. Don't be afraid of tension. Yeah. Like once you know, you have a punchline, you know, you have something to take them to, then it's like, Oh, I can just sit in it and enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. And like even last night, I I I had two shows. I did San, San Santander on Reading, sold out. Same thing, seventeen hundred. But it was a lot of my like friends and family were there. Yeah. So naturally, there were a little extra nerves. Sure. And uh, I did the same amount of time as I did last night. But last night, I had to cut. I had to cut a joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I just didn't have enough time. Like I was already getting was to like, say, cut like, like two jokes, but it was the same amount of time. Right. Right. But I was using the stage more. I was like. You know, they were, you know, I was letting the laughs kind of Mm -hmm. flow out and it was great, you know, and it's like, so you realize, wow, I, I have, so I do have a lot of content I didn't think about and you can kind of, once you pause and take your time with it, Mm -hmm. then, you know, you can save some of that stuff. You don't have to throw it. You don't have to shove everything in there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so you, you kind of learn some of those Dynamics. pieces every, every, yeah. every time I'm learning something new. I'm upset because tonight, tonight I don't have anywhere. I don't have yeah. a show tonight. Yeah. So tomorrow I'm in Brooklyn, Yeah. Uh, but oh, like tonight wow. I don't have anything. So it's like, mm, mm. I'm like, you know, like scheming, like <laughs> yeah. where can I find a stage yeah, tonight? Right. Like, you got me juiced up right And my now. poor wife, <laughs> yeah. you know, like yeah. so I have her convinced to go watch a teacher show that is a different 
uh, Lamar and some of my friends, group. Yeah. Drew Papsky, uh, mm-hmm. guys that I know, I want to go support them. Cause that's yeah. the other part too, is like, I want to support people. I want to yeah. be, I love comedy. Like mm-hmm. I want to be, I want to be around other people. Yeah. I don't want to be like, Oh, look at me. I'm doing theaters now. Like I, that's the last thing that I want to happen right now because I'm still so new. And I know there are people out there that have seen me or seeing my social media that are like enough of this guy, <laughs> you know? And I get that. Yeah. Um, but I think, Oh, I, I don't, I think, the number of those people are very small because mm-hmm. I think anybody who knows me or who sat down with me for a couple minutes is going to know like, Oh, like this is just, this is just a guy yeah. who yeah. loves what he's doing, right. loves his family, loves teaching, loves making people laugh and loves comedy. And, and, um, and I'm just going to try to be my most authentic self. And I feel like comedy's allowed me to open up a part of myself personally to be vulnerable like mm-hmm. that. That it's that's why I say it saved my life because I I was in a I was in a different place during so the pandemic yeah. as we all were but really for me like it, it, there was a lot of trauma there that I did not realize mm. was affecting me the way it was mm. and now I have an outlet for that now yes. I have a, a creative space yeah, I can that I didn't have a creative space 100% and really, so now yeah. it's like wow and people want to hear me people like are t- people paid money last night mm-hmm. to come see me as one of i was 25 percent of the show yeah you know amazing. what i mean yeah. like so it's just like wow like as soon enough you know it's like i'm seeing my social media stuff the like, i gained like 200 or 300 followers in the last 12 hours that's like awesome man so it's like it's for me it's mind-blowing yeah yeah, um, and I'm excited for the ride and I'm yeah. here for, you know, whatever. So I got the summer kind of booked through. I'm taking a sabbatical. I'm not going to teach in the fall of mm-hmm. next year because I'm actually getting credits. I'm getting I'm studying, uh, you know, at Westchester University. Mm-hmm. But now the weekends and the nights, it wouldn't affect yeah. it. Wouldn't I would have done it even if I was teaching. But it's a lot easier if I'm not also lesson planning and grading and trying to create content because right. it's just you can't. You know, you can't do it all. You can't, if you're going to do it all, you're not going to do it all well. Right. Yeah, yeah. And that's, it won't have your complete that, that, focus. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. So thankfully yeah. with my teaching schedule and because I've been doing that so long, mm-hmm. I, I know how to be a really good teacher and I can still go out and do these things. And yeah. as long as I get home, like I don't go to, I've never gone to the Raven Lounge before because I I've know you don't, there, but you don't get up like to like music. one or two in the morning yeah. and I want to pay my yeah. dues. I don't want to walk in and, and to be expect to be put right on stage you yeah. know, or anything like that. I don't yeah. know. I don't have any uh, delusions about that. Mm-hmm. So I want to be able to pay my dues properly. Yeah. Um, but I know that I can't because mm-hmm. I couldn't go up at one forty-five and go to work the next day yeah. for three minutes. Just I just can't. That's not, that's not in the cards for yeah. me. Yeah. Um, if I, you know, so, and that's just, that's fine. You know, it's like that I'll get there eventually. Summers are a great time that I can go and I can sit there and I'll sit there. I'll let the, you know, put me up at one forty-five. That's yeah. it. I'm happy to pay my dues. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I also got to be a family man and a husband and a son and, you know, I wear a lot of hats. I yeah. coach a special needs baseball team for my oh, daughter. That's that's awesome. So thankfully I stop. I'm going to stop hosting the Thursday Exton mic because that's when her that's when our practices are. And then okay. we play on Sundays. Yeah. I usually record my podcast on Sundays, but we just push that till later. So mm-hmm. speaking of being flowed. a family man. Yeah. Uh, um, you have a podcast called Seriously Dad. Yeah. 
And uh, what was the impetus? Uh, so you do actually, that with Albert, Albert Davis, Davis who he I, was I the one who well. had the idea originally. He and I were driving out to that church of satire mm-hmm. to do their Monday mic, mm-hmm. um, to just put in the time. And we both ended up getting uh, opportunities to work there after that, which was great. But we were driving out. And as we'd be on these long car rides, we, you know, we'd be talking about, we both talk about our family and our kids a little bit. And so he had this idea. He pitched me at like Grape Room one Tuesday mm-hmm. about maybe doing a podcast. And I was like, yeah, kind of was like, I kind of wanted to do one. I know everybody has one or yeah. whatever, but like yeah. we wanted it to be different. And mm-hmm. we're like, okay, well, what? let's what do lane? one about being parents or yeah. whatever. Uh, parent comedians mm-hmm. and it's sort of evolved and it's still evolving you know we've released about 11 episodes by this mm-hmm. point we have about seven or eight in the can nice um but we're starting to get some some cool guests uh joe matterese we have coming oh, yeah. up yeah um so uh that's awesome yeah so we have some other ones a guy paul lyons who had a dry bar mm-hmm. uh has a really cool story about uh not uh, not knowing his son, I guess it was either through like adoption or there was some like he was a sperm donor or some kind of weird scenario. Mm. He didn't meet he till he was sixty and his son was thirty was the first time they met. Wow! So like you know or that's like crazy. this uh, the episode that's being released the first week of April on Easter is um, Andrew Duck who runs Comedy on the Crick, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. which is a cool dinner and a show kind of thing in mm-hmm. Ben Salem area. And he was in prison. Uh, and so he talks about his time in prison when he had his young daughter and how mm. now he has a six-year-old who doesn't know that that dad. Mm-hmm. And what a great story learning yeah. about his evolution it's and amazing. how he's turned that life that he had is, into an amazing business and being an amazing father. Yeah. Uh, and so that's what's cool is we don't have – we want to talk about being dads. Like yeah. we're not trying to be funny like mm-hmm. necessarily. Right. We're just trying to like have an avenue where there's no – dads you know dads are expected to be x y or z but no we don't talk about it right you know what i mean it's like so let's let's talk about it let's let's talk about some of the weird stuff that comes up and and so that's what we've been doing and just highlighting people who have got unique backgrounds yeah well with steve george we just recorded an episode with he's a stay-at-home dad Mm -hmm. uh and i didn't realize he was a great musician he actually opened for like kiss at madison square garden when he was in his 20s and like (sighs) Had like a really, I mean, like (laughs) just had like such a life that he's lived too. And now he does stand up as well. Mm -hmm. And so, and he loves being a stay at home dad. Loves Mm -hmm. it. He had a corporate job. Mm -hmm. You know, his wife made more money. She's like, why are we paying for strangers to raise our kids? And so it was just one of those things we talked about the stigma of like the stay at home dad. He's like, I don't feel any of that. He's like, I "I love what I'm doing. He's like, my wife, um, we'll get into that later, but <laughs> she makes, that would be me. I'm totally yeah. fine with it, you know? Yeah. So I, mean, I, I love, th- so it was just cool to hear. We don't have kids yet, but sorry. sorry but no, yeah, me. but I mean, that's, but that's the cool thing. You get to hear but, we've uh, had, you know, Manny Santiago's a, co- a comic out of Harrisburg and mm-hmm. we did an episode with him. He's a, he's not a father yet, but his wife, his girlfriend's like seven months pregnant. Okay. So just he's talking all, that's about a good anticipation and before. Yeah. yeah so what to a, expect when you're, <laughs> and there's, yeah. And so it's just fun. So yeah, that's seriously dad, you know, wherever, yeah. wherever you listen to podcasts, YouTube, all of that yeah. stuff. So every Sunday at five thirty in the morning is when our new episodes drop. Okay. Yeah. I um, listened to, I think three of them. And like I said, no kids, but it's, there's still an appeal there for me because we're deciding things and yeah, you know, it's good Those to hear other, decisions, especially the hearing it from about. comedians because I can relate more yeah. 
for whatever reason, we're aliens and I can relate to yes. people. Yeah. Like yeah, and I love it. My mom's a, a big, uh, she listens every episode. She loves that's it awesome. too. So that's awesome. That's fine. Because she even had someone, she's like, oh, I had a friend call me. She's like, I didn't know you were gay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, it was making me think. Uh, Rob McElhenney, the creator of Always Sunny in Philadelphia, same situation. Not both parents, but his mother was a really? homosexual and... When they divorced, she he was raised by two moms as well. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so that's the other thing. You don't realize how much, because it just wasn't talked about. I'm trying to think why I know that. <laughs> yeah, but it's but crazy. Anyway, it but matter. yeah, that's a, but yeah. it's like that's... It's a that, unique experience, yeah. especially like you said, Scranton. Yeah. What is it, Irish? It's like Irish Catholic. Yeah, and, and I think uh, that's a lot of what I want my stand-up to be about, is because mm-hmm. it's me as a person. Like, oh, okay. You're drawing on your... I didn't come yeah. from a normal background i didn't right. come my parents wanted to do the norman yeah. rockwell painting but yeah. it just wasn't in the cards for them yeah. and so now here i am as a hetero with a, mm-hmm. a wife we've been married 12 years mm-hmm. together 16 we have a nine and a six-year-old yeah so it's like my parents got divorced before i was two so yeah. like I've, i'm already in uncharted territory right. and i don't know what this looks like right and i think that that you have it the good news is you haven't been imprinted with any bad. Well, that's right. And like, you know, I've watched like everything I'm pulling is from like watching, you know, Family Matters and Full House and <laughs> yeah. uh, Married with Children, Roseanne. Like, yeah. you know, so I'm pulling from all of that stuff. Yeah. And that's sort of the fun of it for me is like how I'm you know going through this trying to say is this normal what's yeah. even normal yeah. like and i'm a teacher right. i have a special needs kid i'm like mm-hmm. i teach weird languages like mm-hmm. i have so many weird angles that i'm like oh that's just they're so you i got keep, a deep well to draw from right yeah I've, uh, a lot of people that tell me i uh they look forward to my sitcom someday <laughs> i was like i could see that it. would be funny yeah. i was like you know like this welcome back cotter like there's modern so many era. angles you could you yeah could there's just so it. much that yeah. i'm like I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm excited to see what happens. I mean, yeah. I'm excited just yeah. like, and I'm excited to see where the road takes me and what happens, you yeah. know? That's awesome, man. Well, uh, we've done our, um, so yeah, I've been feeling bad because I haven't, I, I beat myself up because I haven't been going up and then it makes it harder to go up. So I just need to like, you know, dive back in. That's so true. Yeah. I, I, I was like, when I, for like two years ago, it was like my birthday, I got really sick. Like mm-hmm. there's this time of year, whenever I look at my Facebook time hop, I tend to get sick around the same time. And I think <laughs> teachers, a lot of teachers are the same way. It's like sick usually when our body, like it's always around my birthday, I always get sick. Cause that's, that's like funny. right before baseball season was kicking off. And usually I'd be coaching. I coached varsity for, you know, seven, like assistant varsity for a good amount of years. Uh, and so I'd always get sick at the same time. And when I was going to Joel's mic, I got sick and I missed a week or two or, and then the next week came and I was healthy again. My wife's like, so you're not going to go tonight. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? I, I I didn't think she at that point was even like cared or whatever. And she was just like, well, she had noticed that the days I was going, I was just much happier. And I was, and I was like, I don't know. I haven't gone in two weeks. Like, and I just had these like fear. Cause I would like, I would like, as I was driving to the mic or thinking about the mic that day, like I try to talk myself out of it mm-hmm. all the time. I like, do. And I just was like, you can't do this. What are you doing? Yeah. Like, and even till the moment right before I got on stage, I was like such the emotion of it all. And like, and I wasn't, I don't know about you, but I was not drinking or, like doing anything that would alter me at all prior to going up. Like 
that was one thing I didn't want to do. I wanted to feel all like one of the guys, like that Steven Rosenfield. One of the thing he talks about is this joyous communication and not like using those nerves. Yeah. And so I was trying yeah. to feel those feelings and not numb myself to anything. Yeah. And, uh, but I saw, so, so as a result, I would try to talk myself out of it. And I was so grateful that when she just said that to me and I was like, all right, I'll go. Mm-hmm. And I went that week and they took a photo of me and I was wearing this, uh, WrestleMania t-shirt <laughs> that my daughters had gotten me for father's day nice. and I loved it. Mm-hmm. And so the guy, Joey St. John, who was the, uh, guy that took photos and the video there, mm-hmm. he snapped a shot of me, uh, at that night and it was that was what I would wait for. As soon as I would do this, I'd wait to go on the Facebook page to see the photos <laughs> see, of me yeah, up there yeah, yeah. and see if I made the cut of the photos because there's only like ten on Instagram yeah, you could post. Yeah. And so there's a shot of me in this, and you could just see my face. And I was like, "That's that's what happy me looks like." Oh yeah. my, I haven't seen that face, mm-hmm. uh, and I haven't seen that face in so long. And it's this great shot to this day. It's my favorite shot of me, yeah. uh, uh, and I love it. And yeah. um, and I was just like, yeah, this is this is where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. And it's funny because I've tried to talk myself out so many times of going to a mic. Mm-hmm. I my wife she keeps finding stuff for me because people are like, uh, how does your wife like? They think like I don't know what they think, but they like your wife lets you do this. I'm oh, like, oh, my wife says, she, yeah, she, she like she yeah, finds them go. for me. She's she like, was are the you one doing that stand up this week. Yeah, she would like, find almost, the stuff for me because we she comes out at least once a week with me still now, that's cool. like yeah. as a date night or whatever. Yeah. We'll make a night out of it. Yeah. And uh, she's come to bar thirteen with me. My wife. Oh, not God yours. bless her. Yeah, my <laughs> wife will not go to bar thirteen with me. She thought it was funny yeah interesting absolutely but it yeah. is and it is cool i yeah. love being there no um, it's, i like the room it's like and fenris matt morgan what a great guy yeah. he like i love what he does yeah. he's like yeah. it's such a cool event so if you're not gone you definitely yeah. should but um i think i got more laughs from the host yeah yeah oh, i love his i don't laugh. know why i'm pointing stage yeah right, like, yeah but, that's where he would be that's where he would be <laughs> i think i got the most laughs most um, laughs from him than but uh she had found a mic in philly mm-hmm at Attic Brewing Company. Okay. And now it's a guy that was on our podcast, Mel Harris, runs that room. Okay. And uh, what a great guy. Mel Harris works a lot at the Atlantic City Comedy Club. Okay. Uh, and he's all over. He works a lot with the comedy on the Crick Guy, too. Mm-hmm. Great comedian. Uh, he just headlined for me at Tuned Up uh, last month. Nice. And uh, so it was his mic. Didn't know him from Adam. Mm-hmm. No idea. It was the first mic in the city of Philadelphia that I had ever ventured out besides going to Joel's. Must have been the ninth mic. I think when I look back at my recordings, it was the ninth mic I had ever done. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, all right, you think you got this? All right, step out of your comfort zone. Step out of the eight weeks that you've been, two months you've been doing this going here. Mm-hmm. And let's go down to Philly. So now I drive into Philly. And I'm like, if Attic Brewing Company is a beautiful place, but mm-hmm. it's in, in the neighborhood around it is not. not. Yeah. And so I parked my car and I couldn't find parking at first. And so I'm like, oh, I guess I shouldn't be here. Like I just kept t- as I'm circling the blocks. I'm like, I guess if I don't <laughs> find anything in this circle, trying to talk yourself, I'm driving negative home. Self-talk, yeah. And then I would get there and I found a spot. Mm-hmm. So then I parked. Then I walked there and I get up there and it's all outdoors at this point because it's still yeah. pandemic. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. It's like right when people found ways to be outside. Yeah. And I go in and I'm like, hey, you know, like it's a random lottery selection for when you go up. Oh, you're going up first. <laughs> oh, no. And so then I'm like, okay. After you've done, uh, yeah. gone, gone yeah. through so all that. So he's like, you're going up head. first. And I'm like, okay. And then he's like, I'm like, oh. so And I'm just assuming everywhere at that point does four minute sets or whatever because yeah. that's all I knew. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, so like, you know, how much time? He's like, oh, yeah, we do like, you know, seven to ten. I was like, seven to who? <laughs> And I was like, I'd only ever done four at that point. So 
I wrote a lot on stage that night. At one yeah. point, I taught the audience how to roll their R's in Spanish because I had a hard time <laughs> learning that as someone yeah. who's a not native speaker. Uh, and they were with me. Like, people were rolling their R's back with me. And, like, I did, to my credit, I was up there for, like, eight and a half, nine minutes. And uh, I was so proud of myself. Like, it was trash. But, like you said, uh, like you said, I, I, could, I was so proud of myself because I wanted to pull that ripcord two dozen times without exaggerating and almost did. And I stuck, stood my ground and some, some girl came up and brought me a beer. Like somebody, some table went out and brought, bought me a beer and like, That's and awesome. I was like, Oh, they bought me a beer. Yeah. Like, uh, That's and, a win. <laughs> and that was so cool. And I just sat there and, and then I watched, uh, like Ryan Foster and like mm-hmm. nobody was listening like they listened to me for nine minutes that mm-hmm. audience listened to one guy like I was speaking Spanish with one guy at one point like <laughs> yeah. and um, and it was just it was fun and yeah. I was like wow this is cool and then I watched people like Ryan Foster go up and they weren't listening by then because it like 10 comics had gone up and he just he has a way with crowds and yeah. he just lambasted them and they were cracking up yeah. and I'm like oh my god that's what a real comedian looks like yeah. and then they were people that I didn't realize in the back, you could see all the comics hanging out. So as I was leaving, I think Lump, Lump Hamilton, who's a staple in the Philly comedy scene, such a great dude. And uh, he came up to me and he was just like, yo, keep going at it. And he's like, just keep writing. And just, uh, you know, was just, yeah, just kind of was like, talk to me about it. I'll never forget that. And I'll never forget to like some of the things he said about just keep going. And, and I have, and now lumps like, the, it's like these guys I'd know. Now I walk up to grape room or helium or wherever. And like, yeah. you know, you're giving hugs and saying yeah. hi. And hey, it's like Norm. so cool. <laughs> it's so cool that they yeah. brought me in and allowed me to be a part of this. And, yeah. and they're rooting for me and, and, and it's exciting. And that's awesome. I'm so grateful to them because they all played a part in this. And mm-hmm. I think that's what everybody sees, yeah. you know, especially with me is like all these comics that said something to me. I listened every time a comics ever said something to me, even if they thought it was just this little side note, yeah. whether I used it or not, I listened to it. Sure. And that's, that's what's made me. And I think that's what everybody's seeing is everybody had a piece of this. Everybody's mm-hmm. built a little bit of what I'm doing. So yeah. when I'm out there, it's a, it's a culmination. I'm, you know, it's a sum of all of the parts coming together. And, you know, Rob Stant used to give me little tags when I first started and would encourage me to keep coming back. Yeah. And, uh, like that, those little moments, uh, when I was like, is this even a thing? What yeah. am I doing here? Yeah. Like, and, and, you know, what am I, you know, like what are you know, people are seeing me do this? Like it was midlife crisis. What's going on here? And yeah. Yeah, maybe it was to maybe a little column, a, a little column B, but if it works. It works. But Hey, yeah, I wouldn't have it any other way now. I don't regret a single second of it. And yeah. we were like, do your kids even recognize you? And I'm like, yeah, believe me, I saw enough of them during the pandemic, <laughs> yeah. but that's the other thing that we spent pivotal years I got to spend yeah. with them yeah. all the time there, yeah there's a you know, and they love it I walk out they went with me to Kohl's because I even though I joke about it in my act I do shop at Kohl's <laughs> and I but we went yesterday I took him to the bookstore there and we went to the movies and mm-hmm. I'm like oh daddy's got to buy a new shirt mm-hmm. so my shirts I can just tell they've been through the wash too many times yeah, and yeah. they're all excited they're like daddy you gonna wear your new suit on stage <laughs> I'm like well it's just a shirt but yes yeah, so I'll be wearing it on stage tonight they're very excited to pick what I wore last night it's adorable um and so they love it like in, and my daughter had a friend over the other day and I was leaving to go to a mic and she's like oh where's he going she's like oh he's going to a show what's that she's like oh he's a comedian what's that she's like oh he just he goes to places and tells jokes to people and there's like a lot of people there and he's like why there's, there's a lot of people <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's it's just watching them like explain yeah. to it or my wife texted me they were at a 
they were somewhere at a pool and the girl, she made a friend and they were joking and making each other laugh. And she's like, yeah, my dad is a comedian. That's where I get my funny from. And it was like, the first, <laughs> I was like that was the first time anybody called me a comedian. It was yeah. my daughter. And I was like, I'll take the cred. Yeah, I'll yeah. take the cred. Um, that's awesome. And that was early on. That's when I was just doing open mics. Cause yeah. like, I didn't earn that term yet. But, yeah. um, and I think you always don't think you deserve or earn something. And, you know, and that's how I'm sure a lot of people think. And I feel the same way about myself, but you know, I I think about last night even, and I'm just like, this isn't real life. That's crazy. I was in the hotel room. I woke up and I'm just like, this isn't real. Is this real life? You know, and I'm so grateful it is. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's a perfect way to cap it off. Yeah. Totally. Um, But uh, thank you so much for, uh, like I said, uh, you know, carving out some time. For, yeah, to no, talk I, and, I'm uh, all, I'm all about, it, especially um, talking like we did about open. I mean, that's yeah. for me, that's, that's been my life for yeah. two years. So I love it. So yeah. I'll, 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 I'll be chasing you, please <laughs> chasing your mic. room at, so room at the table. Doing, uh, Tuesday. Uh, so Tuesday, I'm actually at city winery up in New York city. Oh, nice. Um, oh, with, so, so I should say what, uh, upcoming dates. Yeah, I got a lot of stuff. Uh, I don't know when this is going to air, but I will say uh, if you follow me on Instagram at Jay Yoder Comedy or on uh, Facebook at Jay Yoder Comedy, uh, you'll see a lot of my stuff. I have like a link tree in there for a lot of the stuff. But yeah, I have a ton of stuff coming up next week. I'm at City Winery, two shows. We sold out the eight and 10 p.m. with Gaspar Randazzo and a guy named Jimmy Cash, who is amazing. This guy's like a million TikTok followers. He's a janitor, but he is a killer stand-up comedian. And he's just in Vegas. I mean, he's all over playing big places. That's awesome. So to be be at the table with those two guys is yeah. great. Uh, and then I'm with Gasper again at Governor's in Long Island. Governor's Comedy Club. We're doing two shows on Saturday the 15th at 8 and 10. Nice. Uh, Phoenixville locally, I'm going to be April 14th. The Sound Bank is a cool music venue that's unfortunately closing down at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. So I'm hosting a show for Over the Wall Comedy there on April 14th. Um, and then... I got a lot of other dates kind of coming up. The teacher tour, boardteachers.com. I'm doing both tours. I'm doing both uh, dates on the theater tour, and they just started a teacher's do stand-up at all the Helium and Funny Bones. So I think I'm going to be in most of their July and August shows. Awesome. Uh, up through New England and, and all of that. So, yeah, so a lot yeah. going on. So, yeah, Jay Yoder Comedy is probably the best spot to go. And your Instagram is Jay Yoder. Jay Yoder Comedy. Y-O- I tried to keep it, yeah, J-A-Y-Y-O-D-E-R comedy um and you've got then, some content yep got a website got a, there, yeah so. if, you, they, if you go to my link tree and you go to my website i have short clips and mm-hmm. and fuller sets and you know bio and posters and stuff so yeah a lot of stuff there to kind of peruse if you're looking to find out more about me awesome thank you jack thank you appreciate it my man that guy rules so uh go check him out he's got the juice so uh Go give that fruit a squeeze. Uh, we got t-shirts. Uh, hit me up. At, on Instagram, I'm at almost 100%. At almost the word, 100, the number, percent, the word. Thank you so much for eavesdropping this week. Uh, we'll meet again soon. And until we do, keep your powder dry. <laughs>